Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 50. And today we are joined by Miss Evelyn Kasina in Nairobi, Kenya. Hello, Evelyn. Hi, everybody. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. So a little bit about Evelyn. Evelyn is the founder and CEO of Eve Minute Communication Solutions Limited, which is a fully-fledged IT consultancy firm that offers a range of services to keep their clients abreast of current technological trends. Uh, one of the things that Evelyn does with her company is she's involved with the Eve Minute Digital Literacy Program, for parents and kids, and she also supports the UN's Sustainable Development Goals, and her mantra is made in Africa for the world, which I love, and Evelyn is involved yeah. with <laughs> various organizations, namely uh, OWIT, which is um, the Organization for Women in International Trade, which is the largest body supporting women in trade, and she has a list of accolades that um, she'll be able to discuss and tell us about. So Evelyn, welcome, welcome, welcome. And today we're going to be discussing digital literacy. So hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am so, very well. It is so <laughs> nice to have you here with us, Evelyn. Thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Like I was saying, I'm very, very excited to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And you know, this is so interesting that uh, we live in a world, in a space where we can be able to, you know, share information with people from all walks of life. Oh, yeah. And today, I'll, yeah, it will be so interesting to just talk about digital literacy because this is one, one of the things that we really, really need to start embracing as human beings because we are in the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. And it's, I mean, technology is literally running our lives. Yeah. So we need to kind of, we need to start being proactive rather than reactive in terms mm -hmm. of just embracing technology and leveraging on it. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Technology is controlling our lives. Most of us are controlled by technology. <laughs> we have no control <laughs> over the technology. So it's it's so true. <laughs> Evelyn, tell us about you and how you arrived at where you are today. Oh wow. So um I wanted to be a nurse ideally. Because I thought, you know, my mom, my mom wanted to take me down that road. And I just thought I'd look cute in the nurse's clothes. But <laughs> somehow I, you know, in, in, in a time when I was going in and out of hospitals, I could see the kind of work nurses do. And I did not have the heart for it. And I still don't have the heart for it. And I tried to convince my parents. And I think I started, I, I, I realized I have um, negotiating skills when I tried to convince my mother that uh you know what i'm not going to do what you want me to do which is not easy but uh so i tried to negotiate my way to doing computers mm. and just when i finished when i finished my high school in 2005 um it was very fashionable for we kenyans to start learning computer packages and it was so interesting because uh, we, we, we had computers in school but we were not really exposed to what they do so i just kind of felt that is a space that is very interesting. I love challenges. So that was a very big challenge for me. So I really enjoyed myself there. And even when I went to, uh, to, to campus, choosing uh, um, 
choosing a course to do was not really hard. I had initially cho- chosen uh, business IT, BBIT, but it was so theoretical, I couldn't hack sitting in class for, you know, hours on end. So right. I changed it to computer science. So computer science was very, very, you know, it was very uh, practical. It had so many, you know, activities that I would engage in. So that was really, really interesting. Right. And um, I got my first job at 19 and a half like when I was turning 19 and a half when I was meant to do an internship but the company gave me a casual job for a year and then eventually they gave me I became a civil servant when I was 21 that was really really scary but it was really really fun Mm -hmm. because again I started earning I started earning at a very young age yeah lots of maturity uh, and responsibility under your belt at a very young age which is good training for running your business you know no seriously the, you know, the, oh, yeah. average, the average 21-year-old yeah. is, you know, still kind of trying to figure it out or in uni or working. But you, yeah. uh, you had serious responsibility. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And actually then I also had to, you know, transition into working from 8 to 5, then going to class till 8 p.m. And that was really, really not easy. But I kind of worked it out until I turned 24. And then I got pregnant and then I got married and then things kind of took a shift of themselves. (laughs) Right. right. But yeah, so we'll get there another day maybe. Yes. But at the point when um, I was just trying to figure out, okay, so I'm in this space, what can I do? Because I love to help people and technology was really helping me do so many things. And I felt that I was in a space where I can train people on how to leverage on technology, not to fear. Because I think in our country, when it was introduced, people thought that, you know, all this technology is going to take away jobs. But, you know, when you start getting literate on it, then it means you can leverage and the opportunities are so, so many. You can even start creating other jobs out of what was not existing at the moment. So mm-hmm. I started just learning. Um, I mean, I just opened my company. And at the moment, I had only one client who used to pay me. Annually. And how, one second, one, one second, I, if I may interject. How old were you when you started your business, Evelyn? Uh, 23, 23 years. I was wow. 22 years. You were quite the risk taker and you were fearless and you just, you just did what you had to do. There was no, there was no sort of, oh, I can't do it. I lack confidence, blah, blah, blah. None of that kind of narrative that we hear so much about women and business so you just kind of did it and and you went with it yeah I was yeah and and you see you will still get scared but you wouldn't show people that you're scared because you want to prove to everybody that you can do it I mean I quit my job when I was 23 yeah and my mom was asking me like wait a minute you just got this job you're a civil servant you know what it means then you're telling us you've quit and you're you're going to do business you've never done business before (laughs) and I remember having a conversation with my husband at that time because he was also not quite sure what I was doing I I don't even think by now I think right now at 31 that's when he kind of knows what I do but (laughs) but (laughs) he asked me uh how are you going to support yourself I'm like I'm going to do business and he's mm. like, do you have clients? I have one client. How often does this client pay you? I'm like, um, once a year. <laughs> and he got confused. But I think he saw, he saw it in me that I can do it. And the, the one thing that I love about him is that he supported me. And he told me, you know what? Um, take a room in the house and just convert it into an office. And when you need to go see a client, then you will be going to visit the clients. 
And yeah. I did that for close to one and a half years. I just worked from home. All I needed was an internet connection, which I pulled into the house. Then I had my computer. I still have my desk from 23 years and I will never ever get rid of my desk. My signature desk is one of those things I'll, I'll always remember that I started my business from. Of course. And yeah. it, it, was very, it was very scary. But I think once I started getting clients who are giving me jobs, yeah. And some of them would ask me, can you do this? And I'm like, yes, I can do it. And I would go home and I would go to the University of YouTube and I would search and I would figure, figure out, out how to do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. You say yes you know, and then I, you figure I, the result. Of course, yeah. Exactly. So I used to just like, you know, take jobs, figure it out. And that was a one-man show for close to two years. And you know, I think, I think a lot of people don't realize that, that even, that's even how it's done in the corporate world. Because in certain parts yeah. of the corporate world, and I worked as a consultant, I'm speaking just from my own experience, and of friends who were consultants as well, you know, your director will win a job. He'll, he, he'll tender and he'll win the work. And then he doesn't actually do the work. He's managing the relationship with the client. But then he passes the work exactly. on to the team. And you're sitting there going, we yeah. don't know how to do this. And he says, figure it out. And what did he say? Or she, she says, you figure it out. That's not my problem. Figure and, it out. And everybody just kind I of know. like, wait a minute. None of us know how to do this. And what do you do? You go online, you research, you look at past projects. So it's, it's kind of the way it's done. Nobody actually gets up knowing how to do anything. You might have some basic skills, yeah. but it's really learn yeah. as you go. It's just learn as you go, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's just been an interesting journey. And um, I remember joining uh, a networking forum called BNI, Business International Network. Right. And yeah. because I'm, I'm very vocal, I am a choleric, and that's my, my dominant personality. And then I'm a mm. melancholic, which is not mm. easy <laughs> in mm. one person. That's very, it's a very strong package in one person. Yes. Um, so I got into leadership. Melancholic. You've said that to me. Yes, before. I am. I find strike like, bizarre. <laughs> I don't, I don't I see that in you, but okay, it's fine. I, I actually am. Um, but that is my subdominant personality. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't okay. come out so often. Okay. Yeah. And so when I joined this organization, believe it or not, I got into leadership almost immediately. Mm. And I think that that organization really shaped me in terms of discipline because we had yeah. to be in a meeting at 6.30 in the morning. And the meeting was really structured. So I started having, you know, getting to, to a space where I need to start having structure in my own business because I'm seeing, I'm meeting other people who have structure. I'm meeting clients who want to come and see my office and I'm here telling my husband that I can't bring people to my house. And what that meant was I needed to start looking for an office. So I looked for an office very near my house. But mm. at that point, I just delivered my son and I needed also to be somewhere near home because of, you know, expressing and all that kind of natural. And I got a very small office. Believe me, it's smaller than a bedroom. It but doesn't matter. Up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My so I set it up. Evelyn. <laughs> I know. So that was really, really huge, actually. So I set it up and I realized very, very quickly in less than three months that I needed an assistant because when I'm not in the office and people need to come and see, they cannot find an empty office or a closed office because what that means is that my shop is closed and you can never have a, shop, a closed shop. Right. So, you know, I just got someone from my friend just introduced me to her cousin and we just started the business like that. But I slowly realized that the things I was doing, I was struggling because I needed to offer IT support at that moment. I was really, really struggling. Yeah. And one time I sat, I sat in my house and my, my son was playing on my husband's iPad 
and I could see that he's very conversant with YouTube. Mm. And in my head, I kept thinking, oh my God, so what happens when a pop-up comes up? Oh my God. Then you see, I kept, I kept getting scared. But mm. then I thought to myself, then can I be able to help him or just try and look for things to block, you know, those pop-ups from coming or for him going to um, an unhealthy site for him to start looking at unhealthy things. Yeah. Then that's, that's when I realized that I want to do digital literacy and cybersecurity for kids because it was really scary, scary for me to be able to see the kind of things my son can do at his age. Mm. And, you know, I'm just scared that I'm scared that he will watch porn. I'm scared that he will start watching very bad cartoons or, you know, mm. listening to uh, music. Because they're little but... sponges, they're little sponges at that age. And they're very, they, 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 you know, yeah. when kid, kids at that age, how old, how old is your son, your son, Ryan? How old is he? Right, right now, he's seven and a half. You know, that, at that age, he can learn anything yeah. instantly, anything. Oh, let me tell oh. you, they're, they're like a sponge. They're like yeah. a sponge. They're just yeah. sucking in. <laughs> and you don't and want you know, to I'm talking the wrong thing, do you? It's like, okay. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. And, and also, it was a time when being a new mother, I'm getting to groups where we are new mothers or people also who have kids. Mm-hmm. So the kind of conversations we are having are, you know, our concerns, you know, what are the milestones that your kids are having and all that kind of stuff. So I realized that I'm also, you know, talking a lot about technology and how kids are accessing stuff. But then again, just looking, looking at how as adults, we are also reacting to technology. So that's how yeah. this, you know, the digital literacy for kids and parents just sprang out. And I felt like, you know what, this is going to be my focus. I'm going to stop mm. doing all these other small side hustles. I'm mm. just going to focus on creating something for kids. And right now, as we speak, I have a whole curriculum where I'm teaching kids on how to leverage on technology. You know, just helping them to manage their internet life and right. also help parents and also to help parents understand that you know what we cannot escape from the reality of where we are right now and when our kids go online they are not in kenya you know those physical boundaries have been you know they've been literally out. So in the kids, world yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know and, and so our kids are competing on a global platform and so if we, we are not going to help them manage how to compete on a global platform, then we are losing. And then we are not helping our children, you know, be ready for the digital ecosystem. So that now that's how the digital literacy program started. So this is, the main, a journey. this is the main focus of your business now, and this is a service that you provide. Yes, it is this whole service that I so the main the main service. Wow, incredible. So yeah. this is a literacy for parents and kids. So first first things first, define for our audience yes. digital literacy. Mm-hmm. What is it? What does that mean? So digital literacy is the ability to to incorporate basic life skills to get you know get the life skill training on how to be able to thrive on the digital ecosystem because the digital ecosystem is really big so you need to be able to have critical thinking you need to be able to have emotional awareness you need to be able to have life skills incorporated in yourself to be able to thrive in that world but mm. then again what i train what i've added into my digital literacy you know the connotation of it is to be grounded by values because everybody in any walk of life everybody has certain values so you should never ever leave your values behind just because you're online and nobody's seeing you. 
So the life you have off-site is the life you should live online. So your values should never be departed from your online life. Yes. Mm, that's very interesting because I would, I, would, I would boldly assert that many people <laughs> live very different lives. You know, public virtues, private vices, you know, they, um, yes. they've got yes. a face and then they've got the real deal yeah. happening behind the scenes or... You know, I think all got, particularly in business, if you're building a brand, now, these aren't individuals yes. who are just, you know, using social media, but people who are building brands, uh, I think they have an image mm-hmm. that they've decided they need to uphold, which is a part of, you know, their overall business and so on and so forth. And I imagine that it's not always in line with, like you said, who they are. So offline and online, yeah. I think it's important for them, for those values to be aligned but realistically, how many businesses or people do you think are doing that? <laughs> no, just seriously. Like, because I think there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. And there I is so much. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses. Like they have to do this Actually, or do that or say you know, this or do that. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have to fake it, sweetie, until you make it. That's what it is. The first time I heard I heard that statement, I was in a graduate program in 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 London, and I thought, really? And the person who said it was like, "Yeah, you have to fake it until you make it." And I said, "Interesting." But why 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 is digital literacy, for example, important for children? Well, number one, it's because um, for them it is life. Mm. We we got introduced to technology, if I may call it, or, you know, digital devices at a really, you know, not, not when we were really kids, you know, we were grown-ups, we were able to articulate ourselves in certain ways. Yeah. But for our children, for example, my daughter had a digital footprint before she was born. Wow. Because the mother, Evelyn, took a photo of her mm. in my tummy. So she literally had a digital footprint before I even brought her to the world. And so wow. for them, it's, it's, they find themselves in the, in the mix of it, in the heart of, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, because for them, it is just how the world operates. They don't yeah. know that in our times, we would wash our, hand, our clothes by hand. Right now, they're machines. And so yeah. when we try and explain that transition for them, it looks like, you know, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. They don't even understand that you know, we actually had a time when our parents, especially like when I'm explaining to my kids that my, my, my parents did not have phones. So they're like, how did they used to communicate? You know? Yeah. And yeah. then we start having these conversations of like, you know, our grandparents used to have smoke signals and, you know, these noises and these voices and all this kind of stuff. To them, it is jargon. To them, it is, I mean, how did you people survive in a world where there was no technology, where there's no internet? Yeah. And so for me, it is, it is very, very important because if they do not have critical thinking, especially if they do not understand what digital footprints can do to your image, it can do to, you know, your future because the internet never forgets. So the things that you're posting online, you know, trying to keep up with all these pressures, it could be your downfall or it could be what builds you up in the future. So it's very important for me because for them, they do not know any other world. They don't know any other existence of anything apart from what they have. And yeah. then again, it's because we cannot avoid or we cannot ha- not have the conversation of 
you know, technology because we are all transitioning into that space. So we need to be able to train them and tell them, you know what, you need to be able to be careful when you're doing certain things. You need to be able to be aware that um, you will be bullied online. People will make fun of you. But we were also bullied. We were bullied physically. But in real life. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. most of the things that happened to us off-site, that is transitioning online. And I think it's part yeah. of parenting because it's just that their world has become virtual. And for them, I feel, I feel a bit scared for my kids sometimes because when they go online, there are so many cultural, you know, so many cultures that are intertwined between the people that they're communicating with. Because, for example, you and I right now are two different cultures, but we are communicating, we are friends. Yeah. You will teach me something about your culture, I will teach you something about my culture. For and sure. that's why it's very important for me to be able to insist on the fact that values have to be so ingrained in who you are online because their lives are literally online. Yeah. So digital I, literacy is I perfect. guess as 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 parents you for your kids it's really developing digital citizens, isn't it? It's about yes developing these little yes. people into once upon a time it was, you know, you just be a good citizen. Now you've got to be good and you've got yeah. to be digital. And um, you've got to be yes. literate, you've got to be responsible for how you use how you use technology, how you interact with technology. And I guess I, I read a term recently, yeah. it was called something along the lines of purposeful technology. And I guess that's a, yes. a lot of what you do. Yeah. Yes. So what exactly... I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to say, actually, the fact that we need to be able to have meaningful lives in the digital world. Yeah. where we are experiencing, you know, we are experiencing a lot of change. And mm-hmm. so this global platform is coming with, it's coming along with so many things. So like our program especially has the child at the core of it. And so our influence in terms of caregivers, in terms of, you know, the education centers, in terms of their social life, then how we also influence government in terms of policy. It's very important for all those people in all those spheres to be digital citizens because we cannot train what we don't know. It's very important for parents to be able to to know that, you know, I want to train my kids on ABCD, but if I don't know, I I can't be able to give them that advice. I can't be able to give them that knowledge. So that's why it's also very important for us to work within an ecosystem where you know what? Everybody has to be a part of this because it's yeah. not just for the children, for everybody. Right, right. It's a form of empowerment, isn't it? It's a form of empowerment. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And, and for yes. our audience who are all women entrepreneurs in the developing mm-hmm. world, around the world, in their early stages of business, why is digital literacy mm-hmm. important to them? How is it useful for them? I mean, everything is online now anyway, but just going back yes. to what we were saying, for example, <laughs> social media, their branding, their mm-hmm. marketing, everything. Why is digital mm-hmm. literacy important for them, you think? Okay, uh, for, for, for people who are, you know, in business, I think the fact that if you are not digital literate, then you're not able to leverage on technology. So you need mm-hmm. to be able to have those skills to, to be able to, uh, you know, see opportunities where other people are not seeing opportunities. And I believe anybody who's an entrepreneur is working towards filling a certain gap. You know, you've seen a gap somewhere in the market and you feel like you can, you, can, you can offer service. That's how you become, you know, you start becoming an entrepreneur because you're giving a service that is needed somewhere. And mm-hmm. the thing that is very important for you to be able to be digital literate is 
you know, how you communicate online, how you present yourself online, how you brand yourself, the kind of content that you're putting out there, is it communicating to your audience? Is it communicating to the right audience? Are you saying it at the right time? Because, you know, there's a time for everything. So when you're marketing, are you marketing at the right time? Mm. Then are you able to spot opportunities? Because you see, the thing about the internet is that maybe when you have a physical shop somewhere, you're concentrating on a location. But when you're on the internet, your office, your business, it's been, it's been branded 24 hours a day, seven times a week, 365 days a year. It's mm. just like marketing and it's a global platform. So when you do not have the appropriate skills, then you're not able to also know if you got, for instance, a lead in China, how are you able to service that lead? You understand? Mm. So people need to be able to know how can I quickly start using certain tools to be able to leverage on technology because maybe I am selling in the wrong market. Then I'm in Kenya. I don't have money to go to Tanzania, for instance, or I'm not able to go to India. But then nowadays, you really, really don't physically need to be there. You can use virtual tools and you can use, you know, a platform like the one we are using right now. You can use Skype. You can, you know, you can use different kind of ways to communicate to people from different places. Then yeah. there are online platforms where you can be paid. So the, the opportunities are really, really many. So for, mm-hmm. female, for people, I mean, not even just female entrepreneurs, anybody who wants to do business, they need to be able to have it in their strategy, how they're going to grow. And that growth should look, should be a global kind of growth. Because when you're not, you're not trading globally, then I don't know. The, I mean, the country is too small for you not to trade global. The, 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 the world is too big. The, the plethora of opportunities, just the list there, there's so many. So you need yeah. to be able to know how to leverage it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, okay, so this package that you're offering, can you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. the services that it, that it provides? So a separate service for parents, a separate service for the, okay. student, the, the children, the students, I guess, if you want to call it that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for the children, what we do, number one, is to help them identify their personality. So we, we do a personality profiling, and then we delve into helping them become digital citizens. And in that process of becoming digital citizens, we also run, you know, a test on uh, learning skills, the VAC learning skills, the video, audio, and kinesthetic learning skills, because right now we need to be able to see how to change the education system in how our children are learning. And everybody has a different way of how they consume uh, content. So we need to be able to help parents also know that, you know what, sometimes Banning TV from your children is not very good because maybe they're visual learners or maybe they're audio learners. So how do you also help them try and learn? Then also we help them. Um, we have a program on cybersecurity management. Then we help them learn how to to manage cyberbullying because right now there's a lot of cyberbullying, which, oh, which yeah. is causing a lot of suicide, uh, suicides. For, um, I mean, our kids are really committing a lot of suicide. Mm-hmm. And then we help them manage screen time. Now, screen time is really, really important because what we train is how much screen time is healthy for you and then also help the parents understand that, you know, you need to have certain policies in your home where, you know, you can, you can access TV, radio, your phones and stuff like that. Because I think there's a lot of society pressure where parents don't know which is the appropriate time to give their kids a phone or what is the appropriate time to give their, their children, you know, portable devices. And then again, if you don't have those conversations with them, then they go to school and they're being given all these, you know, all these technological gadgets that they don't know what to do with them. So we, we help both parents and their kids manage screen time. 
And mm-hmm. then, you know, we have digital empathy, which is very, very important. And in that, we also train emotional intelligence. And wow. then we also okay. train, yes. <laughs> it's very, very, very Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, it's and not. I, I, guess I, had, a, I guess I had an image in my mind. So it's, uh, it's really interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. to talk about it. No, it's good. good. Yeah. And then um, for the kids also who are trying to look for, um, you know, trying to start having career talks. And I think from the age of 13, 14, 15. Um, so we, we actually go into a process where we ask them, so what are the kind of things you like to do outside technology? And now we try and see, so some of them will tell us, you know, I want to be a journalist. I want to be a photographer. Hey, I love makeup. So how can I have a career in just doing makeup? And you know, those are creative kind of uh, career paths. Yeah. And one of the things that we are really, really advocating right now, because white collar jobs are really getting extinct, is mm. to help parents when they see a certain talent in their house, when they see a certain interest, they can try and nurture that into talent because you never know what kind of thing can, you know, can come out of the small little things that your children are showing interest at home. And yeah. so time management. So time management is very important when you're trying to talk to them. You know, okay, so you're, you're on the internet. Half of the time, what are you doing? For mm. me, it is very saddening because most of them tell me that, you know, they're playing games, they are watching cartoons. Yes, it is okay to use the techn- to use internet for entertainment, but I, f- I find that it is a huge waste if you're spending almost... 50% of it on entertainment. There are very many things we can learn from it. And so we yeah. try and start asking them so that we can capture those creativities then to try and start showing them that you know what, if you were to chat with someone who is in um, China, for instance, and they're 15, they already have an online profile. They have an online business. Yeah. So why, if you love writing, can you start becoming a content developer and start selling content? You understand? So we try and make them digital entrepreneurs. And that is like the home stretch of it. So we make sure that they understand that you know what, that you can actually thrive. And this is where, you know, the world is going. This is where the market is evolving. And then, of course, certain things like having a positive attitudes, and I think that is like life skills. So we have a whole topic on life skills. Mm. We also train them on money management. And wow. when we are training them on money management, yes, <laughs> it's very interesting. When you're training them on money management, some of them tell us, you know, I can, when I feel like I'm really broke, I can tell my mom, I'm going to clean the dishes, then please give me a certain amount of money. So mm-hmm. how do you use that money? Mm-hmm. And we actually have gone a step further to see how we can partner with supermarkets in our place. In, I mean, you know, you can go to a mall and then we just yeah. give them trolleys and then just tell them, you know what, you have a thousand shillings. Just let me see what you're going to do. Are you going to buy something because you need it or you want it? And that's mm-hmm. how we start, you know, telling them, your money, money management is very, very important when you're, you're young because that will, it will help you come up with very informed decisions when you grow up. And how do you invest the very little monies that you have? So yeah. it is also a very huge topic for us. Yeah. And then, of course, critical thinking is something that I cannot run away from. And <laughs> yeah. It's very important for us to be able, in terms of leadership and governance, critical thinking is very, very important because we are also raising leaders Mm. And one of the things that, and especially what I saw in our country last year, because we were in an election year, is that as a leader, and because leadership starts from home, as yeah. a leader, are you retweeting, you know, hate speech? Because there's so much hate speech and there's so much, you know, everybody is from a different political uh, lineage and everybody yeah. has a right to be. 
And so what are the kind of messages that you're sending online? Are you retweeting bad things? Are you responding? And I think, you know, this is such a good, this is such a good point. I'm sorry to interject, but I have to to really stress how important (laughs) it is. I see, I observe a lot. I observe a lot. And I see a lot of people online doing and saying things, which sometimes I wonder, Mm -hmm. isn't that damaging for their brand or for their business? But, Mm -hmm. you know, some Mm -hmm. some of Mm -hmm. my friends say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. They're still getting recognition, da 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 but there's a part of me that was like, <laughs> yeah. once you put it out there, you put it out there. And we, we know what happens. Yeah. No brands pick you up and drop you yeah. in, the same, in the same minute, you know? And that, but generally, exactly. thinking yeah. about your values, thinking about who you are as a mm-hmm. person, it's not just yeah. offline, it's online. And you're so right. If you're retweeting yeah. things that are, that are coming across as hateful, or if you're involved in dialogue yeah. that's hateful people are going to look at that and they're going to come to a conclusion about you. And then there goes your brand that damages mm. your, your business that damages, yeah. it damages a lot. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't realize how important your digital footprint is. It's so important. True. I mean, I, I don't think we're advocating Actually, that yeah. people should not express themselves <laughs> and honest and authentic because they should. But I think people should also think twice. They should think twice actually that is very true and uh one of the things actually like right now i'm actually asking parents to do is we have a new cybercrime act that was just uh, sent in by our president and people really are bashing it mm. but they've not critically read you know the content of it because they're looking at it from a business point of view and my my thinking is your kids are online so if you're not going to read this act and actually interpret it in a way that you can explain it to your kids that if you do certain things, you're going to get into trouble with the law, then I think you're missing the whole point. Because I think we are also very focused on getting money as a society. There's something, the fabric of the society is really getting dented at some point because we are so focused on, you know, keeping up the show. I want to be seen, I'm the one who's driving the biggest car, I'm living in the poshest estate. We are, not, we are missing the point of family. And so yeah. I'm, I'm really advocating to parents, you know, you need to read this act and be able to interpret it for your children because you don't know that your kids are online, then you're, you're living in oblivion, number one. But then they are online because 12, 11, 13-year-olds have Facebook accounts. In fact, they don't even have Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Snapchat. Yeah, they have so many other accounts that we don't know exist. <laughs> so one of the things, of course, that is, it's there is to educate them and, you know, tell them these things are there, whether you like it or not. It's just that the fact is you need to be able to be aware that they exist, but then have open lines of conversation in your homes. And then where you have influence in schools, have conversations with the school people, have conversations with, you know, policy developers, so that we can have this conversation going on and on. And you remember at some point I was telling you that I'm really interested in how different countries are, you know, doing their system, right? Because we need to be able to see that you know, how do we how do we entertain technology into our into our system? Because we cannot escape from Google Google Class. And no, we really can't. And other people from exactly other people from other continents and other countries. You know, they have already embraced it. We need to be able to say, as as an African country, as Kenya. In fact, Kenya is an African country. Is one of the countries that is recognized to be the highest uptake of technology. And yeah. so we need to be able to keep that to keep that status 
by doing the right things. So our children need to be able to get into the internet and not get lost in terms and of, you be, know, and be, so much and be responsible, you know, just because and being, just because exactly you have the right to say something yeah. because yeah. You, yeah. you, you are allowed to say something doesn't mean that you have to mm-hmm. just because you have an opinion yeah. and you want to voice yeah. your opinion. It doesn't mean that you have to, because at some point there is a, a level of responsibility that I think comes into play. And um, yeah, yeah. I think everybody should think twice. And I think it's so important for young people to that <laughs> at a very young age, yeah. not because it's yeah. damaging, it's damaging. And it's particularly in business. I think you really have to think twice about what you're saying and what you're doing, because once it's out there, it's out there. You know, you've, you, you say yeah. something and then you get signed up with a major client or something, and then you don't know who is looking, they find something about you, they come back to you, they decide, I don't want to work with you anymore mm-hmm. because, well, you were associated yeah. with or whatnot. So it's, I think that's a very important yeah. for women entrepreneurs who are just starting out in business to understand that mm-hmm. you really have to think about your, the, what kind of message are you sending out there? You know, not just your brand, but your mm-hmm. individual values. Yeah. What exactly are you saying about yourself? Yeah. And, and just stick to it so yeah this is such an interesting conversation so before you leave us evan what advice do you have for women entrepreneurs who are just starting out in business who may be interested in technology or the digital world or doing something similar to what you are doing um the advice i would tell any woman who is in business is number one always focus on why you're doing business. You need to be able to know why you're in business. What is your big why? Once you get that right, everything else actually just kind of falls into place. The people around you will be able to support you in everything, you know, in, in your why. And as long as you are not distracted by, you know, sideshows and, you know, easy ways of getting money, then you will always focus on your why. And your why should always be smart. And if you don't know what smart means, please use the internet to Google being smart. smart. Yes, yes. Smart, <laughs> yes, being smart. Measurable and, and, the acronym, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And one of the other things I also, you know, tell women who are in business that it's not easy. You need to have a support system. A support system is very, very, very important. For me, if I didn't have a house manager who is helping me with my children and I need to be in a meeting somewhere, then I would choose my children over my business. Even and you also have, have a husband or a partner. husband as well. You also have a very supportive partner. Yes. Yes. So if, if my husband didn't, you know, support me in everything that I did, I think he allows me to fail because he tells me even in failure there is a lesson to learn. And that is one mm. of the things I also really appreciate. You need to have people around you who let you fail sometimes and allow you to see the lesson, but also criticize you enough to tell you, you know, what you're doing is not right or what you're doing is premature what you're doing is not right for this market you need to always have mentors and i have a coach i have a brilliant coach who you know every time we meet he keeps telling me are you putting off fires in your core business or are you putting fires in sub you know not non-core business and he always keeps me focused in terms of what are the new things that are happening in your business that you right there's so much empowerment for women that there's so much resistance from the men and especially when you're getting into a field like mine 
Mm. When I was doing a lot of cyber security, it was male dominated. And I would walk into boardrooms and be the only woman. And when I spoke, people would look at me like, are you in the wrong place? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not in the wrong place. I am in the right place. And can we focus on the gender on the table and not focus on my gender? Because me being female has got nothing to do with what we're discussing. And so I think some of the times that, you know, you will encounter chauvinism, especially you will encounter a lot of, you know, sideshows. You need to have a thick skin and always remember why you're doing what you're doing. And I think when you have that in your head all the time, you will, you will overcome so many things because it's not easy. I cry sometimes in my bathroom and then I come tell my husband today I was crying because someone said something mean to me. I was bullied online or Someone said something mean, but you know what? When you're out there, just put up a strong face because you need to be confident enough to show people that you can actually deliver. When you master your craft in delivery, then everything speaks for itself. You don't need to keep using the female card or, you know, because sometimes women also play that card a lot. You know, a woman mm. and everybody else, everybody else is saying, you know, this, there must be equality. Sometimes you need to be, your work needs to be able to speak for you. Your work needs to be able to speak for itself in different platforms so you know my advice would be you know master your craft know know why you're doing what you're doing then just focus on it and then have a very good support system and then also just talk to people about their experiences because sometimes maybe you may feel that i'm experiencing something in business and you realize when you speak to other people you're not alone so at least it gives you some consolation and maybe in a group you can come up with a solution on how to you know mitigate some of the challenges that you're facing and that is just an amazing thing. And then, of course, grow your networks. You know, mm-hmm. leverage on your networks, your physical networks, your virtual networks. Just leverage on all the networks, networks that you have. And always, you know, count your blessings. I think we beat ourselves so much, forget that, you know, I had a milestone there. You know, celebrate all milestones. Even though it was something so tiny, it's a milestone. Just celebrate it. Beat your own trumpets. You know, be your own voice that says, you know what, I did something nice. Because when I do think nice things, you know, I beat my trumpets because if I don't, who will? You know? <laughs> that's so true. And that's this is all sane, sound, and sensible advice. Triple S. So before you leave, <laughs> I want to say thank you so much, um, Evelyn, for being on the podcast and sharing mm-hmm. all of this information with us. And thank you for all the work that you do because you just highlighted the fact that you're a female in a very technical male world. And um, the yes. work you do is very important. It's very inspiring. And it's, um, it's really preparing the next, the next generation. It's, your work is about sustainability. It's not just yes. literacy. It's about helping the next generation prepare and mm-hmm. they're going to inherit the world. We are going to leave something for them and the information you're bequeathing mm-hmm. onto them, they will then take out there and, and hopefully do much more incredible things that we could have ever done. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's so important. It was a pleasure to have you on thank and you. I look forward to having you on again. And um, yeah, because the, the, the women in Kenya are amazing. There's so much happening with female entrepreneurs in Kenya at the moment. So it's it's a very exciting. Oh yeah, we yeah. are we are going global. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's so much excitement. Yeah, there's so much excitement in Kenya. There's so many things happening in our space right now. Yeah, which is so good. Just watch out for us. 
know. I know. Ken yeah. Kenya is on the map. Kenya is <laughs> on the map. And before you go, one last thing: where can we find you? Can you please give us your website address, your email address, and if there's okay. anything that you're looking for, a collaborator, a specific clients people you yeah. want to work with, now is the time to to shout it out and who are someone in our audience oh. maybe to 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 contact you. Uh, uh huh. So my website is www.evminet. Evminet is e v e m i n e t dot c o dot k e. All my social media handles are on my website, but we are Evminet K E. K E is for Kenya, so we are Evminet K E on our social media handles. And um, my email, my office email is info at evminet dot c o dot k e. My personal email is Casina at casina uh, at what am i looking for i am looking for anybody who wants to collaborate in terms of uh empowering women empowering children and empowering parents in that order when we empower women we will empower parents you know and caregivers and caregivers will empower children because my core business is on empowering children we need to be able to be in a space where we uplift each other as a society. And so people who have projects that they want to do in Africa to empower women, and mm. specifically in Kenya to mm. empower women, please contact me. I am looking to help women in my rural area to do beekeeping, number one, chicken mm. farming, and okay. I saw, oh yeah, that is part of my sustainability. Because I have a community-based organization that is helping women on uh, sustainability. That's why I'm pushing for no poverty. So I want to help women create uh, wealth from CISO because we have so many CISO-oriented things and help them create wealth in terms of poultry farming, beekeeping. And then because I come from a, a county in Kenya that uses a lot of firewood to cook as a source of energy, we are looking into alternative energy. So we have uh, people, we want to be able to get some trainers from India to come and help us develop briquettes. Briquettes is the alternative charcoal that, mm -hmm. you know, is a sustainable way of consuming energy. So that is one of the things that I'm really, really looking at. So shout out to people who are in the alternative energy and agribusiness. I would really love to, you know, have a conversation with you on how we can help women in Kenya. Yeah. Brilliant. There you go. Well, that's it, lovely rare bird. You know where to reach Evelyn. You know how to reach Evelyn. You know what she's interested in. You know what she does. So please do reach out to her or they can always email me and I can put them directly in contact with you if they're a bit shy. And I hope you learned something. I know I did. I learned a lot. And thank you so much again, Evelyn. So until next time, bye for now.